Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to uh, this uh, episode of Everyday Truth. Obviously, I have my Veritas shirt on today, and to, to match it, I've got my Veritas Baptist College mug right there. So I am accessorizing and coordinating today. Uh, Mark chapter 1 is our passage for today, and we're talking about the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. So when you think about the beginning of Jesus' ministry, always think about his baptism. So baptism says this is the beginning of something. And I'll just say this, if you've never been scripturally baptized, and what I mean by that is you're baptized by immersion in a New Testament church after salvation. A baptism is that should be that first step of obedience for believers in which we say, hey, that was my old life. I want to symbolize this. I'm identifying with Christ and I'm going to walk into this water, but I'm walking out somebody different. I want you to know that uh, my mind is set and uh, my direction is set and I'm a Christ follower and I want to declare this publicly. That's a, a good step to take. And I would encourage you that if you've never been scripturally baptized uh, to do that, because that really inaugurates in that sense, your life and your ministry, just like it inaugurated Jesus' uh, ministry. So it ought to inaugurate yours. So here we are in verse number uh, 12. I'll read it again, where it says, immediately the spirit driveth them into the wilderness but verse number 13, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him. So I think I said last episode that, wow, uh, he's alone, but he's not alone. So he was there in the wilderness. A couple things about that. Okay. First of all, I don't want you to think about wilderness like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. I don't want you to think about wilderness like you would think about some kind of a jungle or forest. No, wilderness, if you've ever been in that region of the world, wilderness is a desert place, a barren place. And while there might be patches of greenery and there might be a dry riverbeds and the occasional oasis and, and yes, a dotting of trees here and there, it's not the kind of wilderness, no doubt, that you're picturing. But the Bible does say it's a dangerous place. It's dangerous because of the deprivation. I mean, it's just hard to survive out in the wilderness. Uh, but not only because of deprivation, because of the wild beasts. And the Bible says he was with the wild beasts. And I think the implication there is that they were docile with him. Now, the, the Bible is not clear about that. It, it might just be they, they were an ever-present danger, uh, but but some Bible scholars believe that that meant that the beasts themselves recognized the sovereignty of the Lord, and that was a validation uh, of his ministry itself. So whatever that means, Jesus was there in the wilderness with the wild beasts. And the Bible says, and angels ministered to him. So uh, an angel in the Bible is somebody that when he appears— 
always appears in, when you see an angel in the Bible, they, they people mistake them for, for human beings. Uh, throughout the Bible, when an angel will appear, sometimes initially people wouldn't even know it was an angel. Uh, it, didn't the writer of Hebrews tell us that? That we ought to uh, not be forgetful to entertain strangers or, or um, show hospitality. Why? Because sometimes we entertain uh, angels unaware. We're not even aware that this is a heavenly uh, uh, being, not even a human being. And so the Bible says that the, so, some from the angel world uh, on this earth are ministering to Jesus. Uh, wow, how, how profound that is. But there's also another personage there in the wilderness. And who is that? That's none other than Satan. Because we know that the chief opponent of all that's good and right and the chief adversary of the Lord is Satan. And that's always been the case. From the very first promise of Scripture back in Genesis chapter 3, when the Lord said uh, to Eve that the seed of woman, that your seed shall bruise the head of the serpent. He shall, uh, he shall bruise your heel, uh, but, you, the, but you, the seed of woman shall bruise his head. So Satan ultimately knows that his doom is sealed. And he knows that the ultimate uh, enemy is none other than Jesus. And so the, the attack of Satan in the ministry of Jesus Christ is an, an attack on his mission. So here in the, in, the, in the wilderness, what does the devil do? Well, we, we see this story in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4. What, what, how does he tempt him? Well, in those three ways that we're familiar with. Um, make these stones bread. Remember, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He takes him to a high, the pinnacle of the temple. Cast yourself down. You know, um, the, the Bible says that he will not suffer your feet to be dashed down the rocks. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Remember, he takes him to a high mountain apart, shows him the kingdoms of the world in one fell swoop. Just bow down and worship me. You can have it all. You don't have to go to the cross. You can, I'll give you all of this. My domain is this earth. You can have it. And yet Jesus didn't sell you out. He didn't sell me out. He didn't sell the world out for uh, all of what the world could offer. So great lessons, but great victory. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus faced real temptation, just like we face the world and the flesh and the devil. Jesus faced the world and uh, in the sense, the, 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 the fleshly temptations like uh, tiredness or laziness or uh, uh, the wandering eye or whatever that may be. Jesus passed the test every single time. And the test was against him far more uh, focused than, than the enemy is focused upon you. And yet Jesus demonstrated his, his victory, didn't he? And we have Jesus as our resource. That's why it's important as we live the Christian life that we yield to the spirit of Christ within us. Why? Because Jesus has already walked that road. Jesus has already faced those temptations. And in Christ, you can stand. And in Christ, you can have victory. And so these are great lessons for us, aren't they? Here, Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. 
Now, the, the number 40 in the Bible is so significant. It's almost always associated with a time of, of testing or judgment. So the children of Israel wandered for 40 years. Uh, Goliath stood before the armies of Israel for 40 days. Uh, for 40 uh, years, Moses was on the backside of that desert, right? So the rain torrentially fell for 40 days and 40 nights in the Noahic flood. So you see 40 uh, featured largely in the Bible, and here Jesus is tempted for 40 days. And watch what happens in verse number 14, now after. So there's a season of temptation. There's a season of great difficulty, just like your life, just like my life. Reasons and seasons, we all go through them. And yet God was faithful and angels ministered to him and protection was afforded and the devil was thwarted. And after this, verse number 14, now after that, John was put in prison. So after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, what's very interesting about verse number 14 is we're skipping way ahead. So uh, the book of Mark is not written necessarily to include every detail in Jesus' life. That's why if you want to get a comprehensive view of the life and ministry of Jesus, you want to compare scripture with scripture. You want to take all of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and collate them and, and, and see the, the more of the panoramic view, the collated view, I should say, of his life. Because here we go right from, we go right from the temptation in the wilderness right to the ministry in Galilee. So much that we know in the other Gospels is skipped. Okay, for instance, what do we know in the other Gospels? Well, we know in the other Gospels that after Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he came back by John. And it was at that point that Andrew began to follow the Lord, at least temporarily, and Peter, and presumably James and John, and Philip, and Nathaniel. They went to the wedding feast at Cana. They went up to Capernaum for some short days. They came all the way back down to Jerusalem for the first Passover. Jesus cast out the money changers. He did some miracles. So the Bible doesn't give us some specificity about what they were, but he did some unrecorded miracles. There in John 2, he met with Nicodemus. For a period of months, Jesus and those first followers did some ministry in Judea at the same time that John was preaching. Uh, they were preaching. Matter of fact, John's disciples were kind of upset because Jesus' disciples were baptizing more than those disciples, and they got jealous. That's when John said, no, 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 he must increase, I must decrease. It was at that point that uh, Jesus went to, excuse excuse me, wow, got something in my throat right there, and it's still there. Sorry about that, team. Um, But that's where verse 14 comes in here in Mark chapter 1. After that, John was put, (coughs) wow, (coughs) I am so sorry. So after that, John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee. So when did that happen? That happened after four months of Judean ministry where Jesus went back to Galilee, but the Bible tells us in the book of John, he went back through Samaria. 
And that's where we read stories like the woman at the well and the Samaritans that came to Christ and Jesus going back up to Cana and the nobleman meeting him there with the sick son back in Capernaum. What am I saying? I'm saying that, wow, there's just so much in the word of God. And it's important as we read any one book of the Bible to, to understand that other books of the Bible bring to bear other details. Sometimes we call the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke the synoptic gospels. And all that that means is that many of the stories of these gospels are told in all three. And this detail might be in this one. It might not be in this one, but as you look at them together, that's what synoptic means. Syn, S-Y-N, means together. Optic means to see. So we view them together and learn more from them. And of course, we know John has its own separate purpose for evangelism. So uh, that's all that I have time to talk about today. Sorry for the sneeze fest and the cough fest and all that. But uh, hopefully I'll be better for next episode. Until then, have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.